You're listening to the Turning Point Podcast. My guest today is Ronald Banks. He's a minimalist and a creative writer. He currently has a YouTube channel with about 51,000 subscribers. He shares his knowledge and inspiration on intentional living and creating the life that you want built around your passions. He also writes poetry to help creatively spread his message. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. If you're looking to learn a new skill, whether it is photography, writing, or cooking, you can go to turningpointpodcast.com to get two premium months free. And now, let's kick off the show. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me and, and wanting to do this. So I'm excited about the conversation. Great. So I know that you are a minimalist and yes. I'm interested to know uh, why the change and why did you decide to become a minimalist? Um, I think people have different reasons, whether it is that they felt that their lifestyle before minimalism was a little right. bit more, um, it was consuming them more and, and being right. able to free themselves from being a, a minimalist. Mm-hmm. Um, they really appreciate it. So I'm wondering if that's what uh, you were going for as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I love the way you phrased that question with the why, because um, this is a part of my message strongly on my YouTube channel and even in my own life. And the reasons why I started this for me was I wanted to reinvent myself. I wanted a new challenge in life. And then I thoroughly felt that I had too much stuff. So the reinventing myself piece comes into play with this persona that I was holding on to for majority of my life. Um, this Mr. Smooth persona, uh, it came with a lot of negativity that I wasn't appreciative of. So uh, letting go of that was what kickstarted this for me. And then just kind of expanded outside of myself into my surroundings, the things I consume uh, and et cetera. So uh, yeah, my why is really big on reinventing myself to start. Was it difficult to kind of change your mindset a little bit from consuming and going out to the stores and just buying like name brand clothes and right. all of this because I feel like with minimalism gratitude also comes hand in hand yes. Yes. Um, so do you feel like it took you like when you started to now do you feel it was a process and that it took you maybe a couple of years to get to where you are now um yeah I would definitely definitely um especially the consuming aspect of it and a lot of the consuming for me came with this Mr. Smooth persona because I was always trying to keep up with the trends, uh, trying to yep. make sure that everybody around me saw me as Mr. Smooth. And I mean, I had jeans and things with tags still on them, shoes I wore once, uh, all kinds of stuff. And it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I have a video on my channel uh, titled, Where Do I Start? And I show a clip of when I first decluttered my closet and the number of things that I had that I wore once or never wore was ridiculous. So uh, the consuming part of it was, was tough at first, but when I started to let go of that, that persona of myself, a lot of that came with it. Um, so, and then obviously just maturing and growing up outside of college was an adjustment as well that, that played into it. So what benefits besides the consuming have you seen in minimalism um, in other aspects of your life? Mm-hmm. Um, one huge benefit would be just embracing myself. Uh, again, I would say, honestly speaking, that I hid behind that persona, that Mr. Smooth persona. It was something that people knew me as and people accepted me for. So it was something that I embraced and ran with. And when I made that decision in myself, in my heart, in my mind to let go of that, uh, it was hard at first because it's like, okay, who am I? What do I have left? When I look in the mirror, I still see Mr. Smooth, but that's not the person that I wanna be. 
So embracing myself was a huge benefit because it, it taught me the things that I value and the things that I truly enjoy. And it made me challenge myself on what those values should be and shouldn't be. And uh, it's still an adjustment. It's still something that I'm working through every single day. But that is a huge piece of, of why I'm continuing to do this because I'm learning so much about myself. Yeah. No, and I respect that. So mm -hmm. did you start the YouTube channel at the beginning of your of you becoming a minimalist or did you start it maybe later on to share that journey or whatever you have learned? Um, yeah. Like what led you to create the channel, I guess is the question. Well, the channel started with poetry. Everything on my journey, everything about my journey, the way that I talk, the way that I share things all started with poetry. And poetry for me was a self-expression. It was a way for me to vent, a way for me to express the things that I felt, um, almost like a, a public or a, a journal out loud, if you will. And that's where the channel started. Uh, and if you go back and look at some of my old poetry videos, you will see the, the growth that I experienced through my poetry from where the, the types of poems that I was performing early on and uh, the messages that were heavy on my heart at that time. And as I grew, my poetry grew, the messages that I started to share grew, but then it also grew outside of poetry. And I started to share some, some conversations around uh, just self-growth in general. And then when I discovered this minimalism tool, and I was like, you know what, I wanna try this out for myself. I wanna challenge myself to really let go of this Mr. Smooth persona, to make a shift in my life. And the best way to keep myself accountable is to document that. So I added that to my poetry journey. Um, and even, even in some of my videos, when you listen to how I share some of the messages or teach some of the things that I'm learning, there's always a poetry hint within them, whether it's the cadence yeah. or uh, the way I speak or how I explain things, the metaphors. So going back, it all started with poetry, but there's still this much larger picture, much larger message that comes from it. And were, were you always into poetry as even as young oh, and yeah. high? Always. Was, that was your way to kind of like, I guess, exactly. decompress, right? Yep. And I feel like a lot of people write in the journal and they don't want to share it. Exactly. But a lot of people do share it. And it's a scary thing to do. But when oh, you put is. yourself out there, I feel like you find more people that think like you. And then you yes. might build friendships around that those relationships that have more things in common with you. Exactly, exactly. And I, w I was definitely that kid that was very closed off. I didn't express much at all. And poetry was that expression for me. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. At first, it was very private. I was very afraid to share those things. And I initially started sharing things on Facebook, actually. And then uh, a couple of friends of mine was like, you know, start a YouTube channel, start a YouTube channel. And, you know, in my mind, YouTube is this whole other world outside of Facebook. Yeah. And uh, I finally pulled the trigger on that and got a lot of positive responses. I've performed at various open mics. I've hosted different open mics because of it. And I started to realize that, you know, the things that I feel, the things that I'm expressing, like you said, is other people are feeling the exact same thing too. So uh, when my message started to expand outside of poetry, I wasn't, I didn't have any hesitation to that at all because, you know, I'm learning this and I'm just going to document it. And I'm sure a lot of other people have the same questions I do are learning the same things that I'm learning. And why not be that place where they can watch me grow, but also get some of the answers they're looking to for themselves. Do you, um, do you still get nervous when you talk in front of people? Like I realize that I interview a lot of people for the podcast and mm -hmm. I might, you know, stand in front of an audience and give a presentation. And I always feel, well, next time I won't feel as nervous, but I feel as nervous every single time. I just know how to manage it. If that makes sense, being nervous. Right. 
I know like every time I get maybe like another hint or another tip that I give myself on how to manage it, but mm-hmm. I'm nervous every single time. Like it doesn't, right. it might, I like, I look like I'm great, but in my head, I'm like losing it. I'm like super <laughs> nervous. I don't know if I'm like, I'm going to mess up or something. So I wonder like, does that happen to you that you've been doing this for a while? Cause I want you to do open mics. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, the first time I ever performed on stage was in college and I was beyond nervous. And now I would say that the nerves are there initially, but once the conversation gets started or once I open my mouth for the first time, all that goes out the window. Um, whether it's poetry, whether it's just conversations through my channel or whatever it is, um, it, all the nerves just kind of go away once I start talking. So I do feel it initially, but it, it just kind of, like I said, it's just right now I'm not nervous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I feel the same way. Like once you're in it, you start like getting better exactly. at the conversation and feeling less nervous. So Correct. when yeah. when you started, because I feel like you're such a positive guy, when you started the YouTube channel, like I know mm-hmm. that there's people out there that, you know, those same mean things and stuff like that in, in your right. channel or your post. Right. Um, being such a positive person, like how do you manage that? Uh, you know, what tips would you give someone who's starting a YouTube channel and they are encountering those comments? Uh, comments yeah. And- how do you, I, at the same time, I feel like you right. have to kind of see past that, but like, wh- what right. do you do? Wow. <laughs> it's a hard you know, one. <laughs> I, it, it is. That's, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause it, you know, I, I've received a few negative comments. I've blocked a couple of people because of them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I, I just kind of remind myself of the same message that I remind everyone at the end of my videos, and that's to stay true to you. And if I know the reason why I'm doing this, if I know that my journey is unique to me, whether it's through my poetry, through minimalism, through intentional living, um, DIYing, whatever your content is, as long as you're true to yourself and you know why you're doing this, everyone else's opinions, whether it's positive or negative, shouldn't affect you. Yeah. Um, and you know, in regards to managing it, I think that just boils down to, like I said, if you know why you're doing something, then them having a negative opinion, you shouldn't feed into that. And yeah. it just requires you to be honest with yourself. Because I feel, I feel like if you're, if you're affected by someone having a negative opinion or a comment against something that you're doing, then it's almost as if you're questioning yourself as to why you're really doing it. Exactly. If it bothers you that much, then it's kind of like, Maybe you shouldn't be doing it, or maybe you're not being honest with yourself if that's bothering you. But if you're honest with yourself from the beginning, you know why you're doing it. If they have something negative to say, that's their opinion, that's their perspective on it. But until you walk in my shoes, until you know why I'm really doing this, then you can't really understand. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think it might affect people more, those comments, when you start the channel for all the wrong reasons. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people that start them because they're like, well, I'm going to make money. But they don't realize that you don't make money until you hit certain subscribers, right? So, and then you got to work with uh, Google AdSense and all this other stuff. So it's not as easy. Like, people think they're going to post a video, they're going to get a million views the first time. Like, you know, what happened to you when you started your channel? I bet you posted several videos and it wasn't... It wasn't even like Several. what first year that you started seeing some oh, some actual. To be, honest um, with you, to be and, and I'll open up a little bit about it. To be honest, I started my channel back in I want to say 2016, 15, 16, and for the first two years, I maybe had 50 subscribers. So there's is there's there's no fast track to growth or uh, making money or whatever your yeah. reason is for doing it. So. 
you know, there wasn't, and it, again, I was posting two, three times a week, doing my thing, sharing poetry, sharing my messages, but there just wasn't that many people subscribed or watching, but that's, I didn't start it to get that. I started it as an outlet, as a, as a way to vent, uh, as a way to keep myself accountable on the things that I wanted to do and change in my life. So that's why I started it. And that's why I'm continuing to do it. And again, yeah, that all goes to the reasons, right? So yep. I feel that that's what happens with a lot of people who are like, well, I want to start a channel, but what are you going to talk about? And it's something that you really care and are passionate exactly. about and that you know what you're talking about. Because a lot of people I see in YouTube will just copy other people mm-hmm. and like they'll start doing three or four videos that month. And then this person will have the same four videos that month with yep. the same theme. Yep. So it's important to be kind of like honest on what you're doing. Still, yep. honesty wins in YouTube. Like, if, you, if your content is actually good and people are learning from it mm-hmm. and they feel ha- and it makes them feel good. Like, I feel like that's why a lot of people follow uh, Mad Diavella. Right. You might not be a filmmaker, but his content makes you feel, makes good. feel good. Every time right. I watch him, I, I want to keep throwing things out of my house. Like, right. <laughs> I feel like it's just, I'm like, I'm just going to keep throwing furniture out because I keep watching Mad and I feel like he has his like his office i think he made a video about his minimalist office and everything was so clean i'm like i just need to throw this lamp right, away like clean this, right <laughs> it makes you want to clean this guy is it bad does. news it does so but i think i think that that kind of goes back to the message i share and i stand true to you because especially in the minimalism space or the intentional living space when you see others doing it you want your lifestyle to mimic theirs yeah. Or whether it's Pinterest or Google or whatever it is, you see all these minimalist, you know, quote unquote, minimalist space, and you want your space to look like that. But if you're not, like you said, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, if you don't know why you're doing it, and if you're not staying true to yourself throughout the entire journey, then you're going to start to drift off course. And now you're going to start to get rid of things just because so-and-so doesn't have it. Yep. You're going to paint your space all white because everything on Pinterest is all white. So you just have to you know, go back to your roots and figure out why you're really doing it from the beginning. And then that's going to help, help lead you down your path in the long run. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So, and so I found your channel and I subscribed and started watching videos and then eventually reached out to you to have you in the podcast. But I'm wondering, you have a full-time job, right? During the day. And this is, this is like, I call it your side business because at this point it is a business. You have to put so much time into it, even though you're passionate about it. It yep. work goes on onto building a, a video, putting it together, getting the content. So how do you exactly. balance your day job with YouTube? It seems like a lot. It's a, it's a whole lot. And it's, it's definitely a balancing act. It's tough. Um, I work a full-time corporate job. I'm in corporate America. So I'm in the office Monday through Friday, you know, eight hours, you know, then I travel part of the time as well. So I travel for work. So I'm going a couple of times a month. So, it's, it's extremely difficult. And something for me is I've developed this unique ability to kind of flip this switch in my mind. So as soon as I leave the office, it goes from work to creativity. And as soon as I go to bed, I wake up in the morning, it goes from creativity to work. But the exhausting part of it is, and this is the part that a lot of people don't see on the camera, is oftentimes I'm up to three, four o'clock in the morning, uh, planning content, editing content, um, whether it be for YouTube, Instagram, or whatever it is. And then I'm going to bed four o'clock in the morning. I'm up by seven, heading into the office wow. by eight. So uh, that's, that's a lot of the, the back end side of it that a lot of people don't see on camera. That's the exhausting side of it. But because I'm enjoying sharing my journey and uh, 
watching those who are watching me grow on their journeys as well, it keeps me, keeps me motivated to continue doing it. But it's, <laughs> it's definitely tough and it, it has its challenges. You know, I, I mentioned in my last video that I, I found myself earlier on this year kind of fall into this rut of just, you know, sadness and things were bothering me, just didn't quite know what to do. And I think a lot of it had to do with just feeling overworked sometimes because like I said, I'm balancing basically two full-time jobs, but yep. um, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. I'm going to continue to do it, but sometimes I do have to take that step back and just slow down and really figure out, okay, how can I approach this better? How can I better manage this time? So because staying up at three o'clock in the morning gets exhausting very quickly. <laughs> so It gets um, hard. To, it does. It gets very hard, but uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I, I really love creating content, whether it be poetry, uh, minimalism content, uh, just recording videos, sharing my message, my journey. So I'm going to continue to do that just as I go and as I grow this side of my business. Um, I hope that the corporate side can become less and less, less prominent in my life. And then this can be more of the focus going forward. But it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's very tough. It's very tough. No, and and I understand it too, because so my full-time job, I work in tech and then I have like mm -hmm. my podcast and I'm expanding it to YouTube. And I would like to just focus on creative work more, mm -hmm. but I need my full-time job to sustain my lifestyle. And it's exactly. not like, it's not like I, I buy expensive things, but you know, you have a house, you have certain things. So exactly. in order for me to get to the point and I'm, I would happily take a pay cut right? Mm -hmm. If I could focus on my creative work and mm -hmm. have that be my full-time job and pay my bills with that. Right. But in order to do that, you really have to give it time and give it a couple of yeah. years and, and build a business around that yeah. where you can actually live from yeah. that creative work. And it's, it's, it's hard to, to make that switch, like you were saying, where I'm yeah. working from nine to five, like at least, you know, I work from home. So mm -hmm. I know that at five, I can turn off that computer, take 40, 50 minutes of a break. And if then I want to keep doing creative work, then right. I have that time for you. I feel like it's hard because you leave work, maybe in the commute It's that time where you get to decompress so that you can yep. get home, maybe, you know, have dinner, whatever it is that you need to do and then work on your and creative work. So it's, it's hard. It is. It's very tough. And there's, there's been a few times where I had to, uh, you know, I had the community tab and I'd share posts on there. And there's been a couple of times where I had to let my, my audience know like, hey, there's going to be no video this week because I'm traveling and I just don't have the time to record anything. So it, it's tough. And, and like you said, you know, I completely agree with you. I would love to be able to do my creativity full time, but I have to be able to sustain a living. I have to be able to pay my bills. And having that full time job is allowing me to do that while I'm still creating the content that I have a passion for. Um, but, you know, I completely agree. It's tough to do. It's very tough to do. And flipping that switch isn't always easy. There are plenty of nights where I come home and that decompression time lasts much longer than I would like it to. And there becomes no time for creativity sometimes. So, um, but it's a balancing act. I'm balancing it well, in my opinion, and I'm going to continue to uh, find that balance in my life to, to make it work. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would say because it happens to me is like, don't feel guilty when you could take right. like a day to right. just decompress. Like maybe that day you wanted to come home and watch a TV, that show right. that you've been wanting to watch or mm -hmm. read a book or just do nothing. Right. Exactly. So it's hard for me sometimes because I feel like I feel guilty. Right. Because I took a break. Yes. And, and one time I think I had two weeks where I didn't post 
an episode. And I was like, this is horrible. It's going to affect now my downloads and all of this. But I was traveling for work. Then I got sick. And then I was feeling kind of in a rut. I was like, I just don't want to do anything for the next couple of days. (laughs) So it ended up being that two or three, maybe two or three weeks was it, that I didn't post anything. And I was feeling guilty, but I had to let that go. I had to let that feeling of guilt go. It it is. You do have to let go of that feeling. And I worked through that uh, early on in the year. Like I said, when I felt that rut, it was like that guilt, like, oh, man, like, I'm not posting this week. I haven't wrote a poem in so long. I, I'm going to lose it. I'm not going to be able to write anything. But it's sometimes you just need that time to kind of just step back, slow down, decompress, and then come back to it. So uh, I completely agree with you, completely. Yeah. So I like to kind of wrap up with two questions for yeah. the guests. And so one of them is, and, and probably you have a couple of books, but mm-hmm. what book have you read that has made a difference in your life that you would recommend to the listeners and the viewers? Okay. Um, a couple of things, actually, I'll say. Um, I'm actually working through a book now uh, titled The Power of Intention. So uh, once I finish that and get through that, I, I plan to share uh, a video with some books and podcasts that I listen to consistently. So um, I'm working through that book now. Um, some other books that, that come to mind, if you're thinking of creating a business, a side business, or growing uh, an audience of your own, anything from Gary Vaynerchuk is amazing. So I would definitely recommend his, his work. But then going into a more serious note, um, after graduating college in 2015, uh, Dave Ramsey's financial piece, uh, Total Money Makeover, was definitely <laughs> definitely a big piece of that. So that's something that has uh, impacted my life probably the greatest in paying off these student loans and, and making progress financially. So um, definitely those books there I would I would probably recommend for sure to get started. That's, with. A, yeah. that's awesome. I've heard of Dave Ramsey and his books. I haven't yep. read it. Um, I do. I've heard of The Baby Steps, so I've, mm-hmm. I follow that. Right. Um, but I have to read that book. I have to, because everyone keeps yeah. recommending it from even yeah. people that are just on the creative side. They're like, you should learn how to manage your money. Definitely. <laughs> so, Definitely. And, that's, and like I said, I graduated in 2015. And that's one thing I wish I had learned earlier because then my student loans would have been paid off and I would have been making progress. But um, I'm grateful that I found it when I did. And I've made tons of progress this last year, uh, more than I can ever think of. But uh, definitely, I would definitely recommend any of his work, his podcast, if you're not big into reading, um, his podcasts are an awesome place to listen to as well. So uh, you definitely want to learn to manage your money for sure, uh, being a creative and not even a creative, just in general in your life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So how do you unwind at the end of the day? And I know, right, you have your, your day job and yep. then you have um, your, pod, your podcast, your YouTube channel, yep. and you enjoy that. But there's, there comes a time where you need some me time where, you know, yep. it's just you. Um, what do you do to, to unwind? Oh man, a couple of things. Um, I work out consistently. So that's a, a big stress reliever for me. Um, I've adjusted my training habits, so I don't lift weights anymore. I do more of a body weight, uh, movement based training. So I'm learning to control my body, my balance, my breathing, uh, my body weight strength, things like that. So that's definitely a stress reliever for me. Um, other than that, I continue to write poetry, I journal, um, whether it be quotes or full-length poems, I still kind of express myself that way. Um, things that I don't share publicly on my YouTube or my, my Instagram, just things for myself. Um, I rock climb, so I just try to stay active and I just try to express myself through my writing um, that's unrelated to YouTube or my Instagram. So that's kind of how I 
relax at the end of the day, decompress, express myself and just keep that peace of mind and that, that stress down in my life. That's awesome. It's good. And I feel like for me, like I work from home, so it's kind of like hard to, you know, step away from the zone of working and actually get out and do some like physical work, whether it is right. going to the gym for like 20 minutes, that makes a huge difference than just sitting yes. at home. Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy how just working out just clears your mind. Like I've literally got out of my house, go to the gym, do a little cardio, nothing else. Maybe go into the basketball court, throw a couple right. of baskets, come home, sit back in my desk. And it's like a brand new day. It's ridiculous. I, it, it is. It's crazy. And, you know, I do a lot of running. I ran track. Uh, I, I run 5Ks and different things now um, uncompetitively. But that, that idea of like the runner's high is real. And like you said, when you just have that clear space in your mind, then you come back to being creative. It is like a brand new day. I come up with tons of poem ideas and content ideas when I'm doing nothing or when I'm working out or when I'm <laughs> doing something unrelated to being creative. So uh, it, 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 it's real. So I completely, completely can relate to what you're saying. Well, thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Yeah. I really enjoyed our conversation. I always I interview entrepreneurs, influencers, and creatives, mm -hmm. but it was nice to talk to someone more on the creative side when you have a full-time job and how do you balance yeah. that? Um, so I really appreciate the conversation. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Great conversation. This was one great interview for sure. As someone that is working full time, just like myself, trying to create this side project to kind of get that creative juices flowing. This is also the first interview that's going to be in the YouTube channel. So I will leave a link in the description of the podcast episode for you all to go see it. If you are loving the podcast, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes and a rating as well. If you liked the episode, I would definitely recommend going to check out Ronald Banks' YouTube channel. He talks about minimalism and uh, poetry and everything that he discussed on the episode today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Turning Point Podcast YouTube channel where you can get more videos on creativity, habits, and podcasting as well. But for now, peace out. See you next time.